So, how how can we know if Prabhupada's message is getting diluted, and what cultural forms specifically comprise dilution? Now, first of all, I would say that it's we shouldn't be too quick to pass judgment on this. Why? Because every tradition has a core that remains unchanging, and every tradition has a periphery that keeps changing and that has to keep changing if it doesn't change that tradition will no longer be a living tradition that tradition will simply become an artifact in the museum <laughs> so a tradition has to always be contemporary and being contemporary means that one has to add relate with address present oneself according to one's when the whatever contemporary forms are there so for example shri prabhupad himself was very dynamic right you know the heart of our morning program is the darshanarthi and right in that prabhupad has govindam adi purusham in a western tune is it now what is this if not the resourcefulness of an acharya so now some people think that being faithful to prabhupad means just following the external forms that prabhupada gave us that can be one definition of faithfulness but prabhupada adopted many external forms because of his inner resourceful dynamic spirit of presenting krishna bhakti in a way that would be attractive to people so being faithful to prabhupada can also mean adopting that inner resourceful spirit and presenting krishna bhakti in a way that is appropriate Uh, which will appeal to people if you look at shri prabhupad he said i followed my spiritual master 100% and yet if you just study even a little bit of the life of bhakti sanasu thakur and the way he presented things in gaudiya math and the way prabhupad presented things in iskon there are significant differences no no differences in the central things but there are many differences in the gaudiya math for example we have they mostly mostly have gaur gadadhar deities prabhupada established gaur nitya deities so <coughs> in most gaudiya mats they you know we have the guru parampara moving like the supports from prabhupada towards the previous acharya most gaudiya mats they have the guru parampara moving like the downwards downwards so we can look at bhakti sanat thakur would never print any pictures of any sacred images in his books prabhupada may insisted on having pictures in his books so if we just study our tradition you know what happens is if this prabhupad is our founder acharya and definitely his position is preeminent but prabhupad is the representative of a tradition and if we disconnect prabhupad from the tradition that he has given us then we misunderstand prabhupad and we misrepresent our tradition so prabhupad has to be seen in the context of his tradition so there, now i give some examples i won't go into technicalities of each of those things but propal had his reasons for doing what he did and the essence of that reason was what would be most appealing to people so he put books in his pictures because sorry pictures in his books because <laughs> pictures in his books because pictures would attract people and the pictures people look at the book people look at the plates and then they say what is oh, i want to know what is in the book so bhakti sanskrit ko did not put pictures in his books because at that time that was not the common standard That was a time when Bhaktisanath Thakur's books were mostly distributed in India, 
and indians had a very at that time at least had a very special reverence for sacred images and the thought that somebody may throw a book away and the sacred picture may fall on the ground and then that will be great offense there are many consideration different consideration that was times so if you see before shri prabhupada in our whole tradition nobody emphasized bhagavad gita as much as prabhupada did jiv goswami's primary work that he wrote on us shrimad bhagavatam baldev vidya which is primary commentary was on vedant sutra bhaktivinod thakur's primary contribution was his explanation of the teachings of chaitanya mahaprabhu based on chaitanya charitamrita bhakti sadan thakur's primary contribution was his uh, gaudiya bhashya his commentary on bhagavatam and cc before shila prabhupad yes many acharyas quoted bhagavad gita but none of them emphasized bhagavad gita as much as prabhupad did when bhaktisan thakur sent his disciples abroad to europe at that time they used the book shri krishna chaitanya that was co-authored by bhaktisan thakur and one of his disciples disciple shikan sanya as their primary preaching book that was the primary book that they would distribute and many devotees they made uh, they made it all by based on that book so prabhupad chose bhagavad gita why is that now is he, if he said that i am following my spiritual master as it is and he is choosing an entirely different book not not that bhagavad gita was not quoted it was never made the central focus of the preaching so the point which i am making by all this is that we cannot have a simplistic idea of diluting prabhupada's teachings just because some forms are adjusted according to time place circumstances prabhupada himself adjusted time forms according to time place circumstances because when prabhupada went to the west there are multiple reasons Now, because of various historical circumstances, now the Bhagavad Gita had somehow become very respected in India as a Hindu counterpoint for the Bible and the Quran, and many political readers were using the Bhagavad Gita to propagate their own ideas. So, Prabhupada said, "I'll give the pure Siddhanta of Bhakti based on Bhagavad Gita." And in the West, also Bhagavad Gita had become very popular. People were interested, not very popular, but people were interested. So, as compared to say Bhagavad Gita, Shrimad Bhagavatam, Chaitanya Charita Amrit, these were unknown books. If you look at Bhakti Sanat Bhakti Nath Thakur, his primary preaching was in Bengal and Odisha. He wrote books for the Western audience. He had Western audience in mind, but he wrote mostly in Bengali, and he himself directly did not reach out to Western audience. Bhakti Sanat Thakur's main audience was Indians. He did have a vision of reaching out outwards. So my point I'm making is, uh, tradition is never a collection of frozen formulas. That you know, this is what. Has been done by Acharya. This is what we all are meant to do. Yes, we are all meant to love Krishna, and we are all meant to inspire others to love Krishna. But those who have followed Prabhupada for many years, those who have a sincere desire to share Shri Prabhupada's message, now they will know by the mercy of Shri Prabhupada how best to present Krishna Bhakti. And rather than making a very straight value judgmental statement. that the prabhupada teachings are being diluted we have to understand the time place circumstances and we have to if we have certain questions maybe this particular thing is a dilution then it is best to go and ask those devotees who are doing this no what is the reason for doing this and if we feel that is a dilution then we don't do it but you know if we start if all of us start judging other devotees like this then two things will happen you know first of all is that we will become judgmental and we will start fighting with each other if you look at european history there were just before the scientific revolution came scientific revolution in the 16th century after newton and copernicus you know before that what were christians doing there was a scholastic tradition 
and there was something like 10,000 pages of material written debating whether the angels in heaven have hands with five fingers or six fingers. <laughs> you know, we laugh at this. But who knows, 100 years down the line, people will laugh at us. You know, you are saying that, should Hare Krishna be sung in this tune or this tune? You are singing Hare Krishna, Baba. Isn't that enough? So, you know, I feel that we shouldn't be too judgmental about this. If we have questions, better to clarify from those sources and not make blanket excusations like this that Prabhupada's teachings have been diluted. Better be better be safe. You know, we may think that I am being faithful to Prabhupada, but we may end up offending the faithful followers of Prabhupada by saying that they are deviating. Now, it is of course possible that deviations can happen. But at least I feel we shouldn't imagine that I am a self-appointed watchdog in the moment. <laughs> we follow what inspires us according to our understanding of Bhakti. And we move onwards. If certain things we feel, you know, I, I don't feel inspired to follow it. I don't feel this is right. That's fine. No, so I, with respect to the specific question, I would say it depends on time, place, circumstance. Now, I, I, I mostly do outreach in India. So maybe a few years ago, you know, for the first time when Mantra Rock was introduced in India, there's a lot of debate. Should Mantra Rock be introduced? You know, Mantra is sacred. Why do you want to use rock music with that? So, then there's a lot of discussion. Then my understanding is this and this. That the principle is, we need to remember Krishna. So now, for us as devotees, if we are habituated to hearing the Hare Krishna Mahamantra, then if we hear mantra rock, we don't remember the mantra, we remember the rock. <laughs> but, for people who are already attracted to rock, now they are already hearing the rock. When they get the mantra through the rock format, they focus on the mantra. So, we have to see whether a particular form of the presentation of devotional service is it stimulating remembrance of Krishna in people. So, some, for some particular form, so for example, if I have heard some Bollywood tunes and now I hear the Hare Krishna mantra in that tune, then I may remember that Bollywood song. But there may be so many other people for whom uh, that Bollywood tune may not be an issue at all. And you know, ultimately, it is, it is, if we really think, it's quite possible that Bollywood did not make that tune. <laughs> that tune also existed before, but we came to know of that tune because of Bollywood. So now, isn't that because once Bollywood used that tune, that tune has become devotionally untouchable for all of eternity? <laughs> so... So ultimately for these things, I think the best principle is Anukulyasa Sankalpa Pratikulyasa Varjana. What is favorable for our bhakti, we do that. So if something helps new people or devotees in promoting the remembrance of Krishna, then they can do it. But if something we find, it doesn't remind us of Krishna, it reminds us of something else, then we avoid it. That way we can protect our bhakti and also protect ourselves from offending others.